Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin and Ashley Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is the show about maximizing your health without dangerous drugs and surgery. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. We're talking about immune responses. We're talking about your body. When you're not feeling well, some of you might dare say, I'm sick. No, don't say it. Don't say it. That's a rule. That's a rule in, in Align, at Align Chiropractic and in the Berlin household. I would even say uh, Max Living. This is a, kind of a rule is we don't, um, we don't allow ourselves to put our mindset in the mindset of um, we're sick and something's attacking our body and our body's like in survival mode. We just right. don't believe that. We believe we were we were made stronger than viruses, stronger than bacteria. We we believe that um, we have immune systems that are fully competent, um, even when it comes to something new. Because like, it may be new, man made, man might have made it, but um, from a from a faith standpoint, God says there's nothing new under the sun. When He created right. when He created you, um, as the Creator who knows everything that you're going to be exposed to. <laughs> right. I don't think he forgot anything when it came to your immune system and your body's ability to fight things off. Right. Right. And we've talked, we've talked about this before. So we, so here's an interesting idea is that, um, I think that there's a, um, there's a big, it's a big deal how you view your immune system. And I, and before you really started teaching me and walking me through this, you know, 15 year journey that we've been on now, um, in, in this idea of holistic health and, and, um, and intelligence and just how your body functions and working with your body and not against it. And all these principles, I viewed the immune system a lot like a structure, you know, that was already there that already existed a lot like the skeletal structure, a lot like, you know, just a, a system that already existed within your body. And, and it, that was it. It just stood there on its own. And then when something happened to it, um, you know, it would get peppered with something or, or, you know, it would be attacked or whatever was happening to it. Um, it was like, oh no, we're under siege here and we got to hunker down, you know? Um, and so this idea that, that there was this, this structure that just existed and then you just had to kind of stand behind it and hold up a shield and then hope you could weather that storm. And then on the other side of it, you would just go back to living your life regular was really how I viewed the immune system, to be honest. And that's just not the case at all. So now what do you understand it to be? Okay. So, so, you know, we've talked about this before. I've owned a gym. I owned a gym for 10 years. Um, and there's a muscular system in your body, right? And you have to develop that. You show up yeah, every day. So you're day. born with part of it. You're born with muscles. Right. You're born with muscles, but you have to develop them. I mean, yeah. you, you can't, a baby can't stand up and walk, right? As yeah. soon as it comes out, it takes a long time. It takes a year before or more for a baby can actually stand on those legs and really walk around. So as you're developing these, these, this system in your body, these muscles and you're building them and you're working on it. And then, and then, you know, sometimes you get injured and you got to sit down and take six weeks and then you got to recover and then you got to build it again and you got to go back. And like, it's this, it's this lifelong journey of exercise in your life. And we, we accept that. We know that that's the way that it goes in that system, but then the, the the immune system is actually very similar to that. Yeah. So when you're young, you're actually crawling around on the floor. There's a reason why God designed us to crawl first. We're closer to the ground. We're closer to dirt. We're closer to allergens. We're picking things up as kids. And where do kids always put everything they pick up? In their mouth. In their mouth. <laughs> Right. We, we had our firstborn, he put his tongue on everything. He would lick the bottom of a shoe. <laughs> he would lick the handrail in a, you know, uh, elevator. I mean, it was just like just the, the, the hand uh, rail on the shopping cart. It was like, dude, ugh. 
but we the had to also Disney World just uh, everywhere, just the worst. <laughs> but we had to acknowledge that like God created kids to be curious in that aspect to do that for a reason because they're actually building immunity. They're developing their immune system by exposing their immune system to lots of different things. You know, the common childhood illnesses, even though like when chiropractic kids are getting adjusted, they express way fewer symptoms because their immune response is having these little confrontations below the surface and they never get to the level of infection um, that the body is developing immunity and they're having great immune responses and, and they're, you know, developing this through kind of beating off some of the virus and bacteria and not even knowing it's happening. It's underlying and, and there's never a full expression of this. But if we become susceptible, if we're not sleeping enough, if we're eating too much sugar, if we're subluxated, if our spine is out of alignment, putting pressure on nerves and interfering with the, the ability to express our immune system fully, then what we see is kids um, and adults tend to get you know more symptoms of the the uh, the exposure to these viruses and bacteria, and we would call this you know frequently people would say oh I got sick, but you're not really sick you're actually having a really well regulated immune response albeit maybe more symptomatic than what it ideally should be right it's a well regulated immune response right a a a not good immune response is your body not. Fighting something, fighting something off, off. And, be, and staying weak, right, and staying weak. And if the and if it, and if immune system has to be developed, then as adults, we also have to recognize that there are some people walking around with, um, you know, imagine somebody with real skinny with puny muscles, and right. like they have that type of immune system, weak and frail. And there are people walking around with Arnold Schwarzenegger type immune systems. So, <laughs> you know, like right. Terminator style immune systems, right. And so, how do we develop that? Terminator status immune system that just <laughs> so funny nothing can <laughs> nothing can phase it. Well, um, what we do matters, and especially what we do in times of you know expressing symptoms and not feeling well, right? Because um, conventional thought, when we say, "Oh, I'm sick," I'm sick implies something's wrong. Something's wrong implies something needs to be done. That something that needs to be done, the pharmaceutical uh, you know marketers have told you. For every ache, pill, I mean, sorry, for every ache, sniffle, right. sneeze, cough, whatever, they have an answer for it. So you're like, oh, I'm sick. I should take Benadryl for this, or I should take X, Y, and Z drug for that. I don't even know the names of all these. NyQuil for <laughs> whatever. I don't, you know, I have a that tummy ache. What do I take for a tummy ache? I don't even know. That but reminds me. <laughs> that reminds me of this weekend when our son was asked during the during the kids era at church, they were at, they played a game and they said that the kids time at church, they played a game and they asked them to name all the cereals that they could, they could name. And our son could only, he could he, only name two. And there were ones he saw TV commercials for like Cheerios right, and something right. else. We don't even know the names of these medicines. Exactly. Yeah. And, and because here's the thing, every time you take a medicine to get rid of a symptom, you're actually removing and hand, you're removing one of your body's, um, weapons or tools in your immune system and you're handcuffing your immune system. Like if you take a fever reducer, a fever is a great thing and a fever actually raises the temperature in the body to kill that bacteria or viruses. So then you take a fever reducer, you're actually taking away one of the immune system's lines of defense. Right. We'll get into fevers in a second. I just read this today and this um, got me. So, you know, this whole thing of trust the science, trust the experts, it would be great if they actually knew what the heck they were talking about, but they don't. They're not experts on immune function. They're not experts on staying healthy. 
they're experts on drugs and they're experts on researching disease, but they don't know how to do this in a healthy way. They don't know how to respond to the body. So listen to this. This was um, back the UK. They released this back a headline in the Guardian back in July of 2020. Immunity to COVID-19 could be lost in months, a UK study suggests. This is the King's College in London team found that steep drops in patients' antibody levels after three months of infection, the story warned. This is what the article actually says. Wow. But that the idea, but the idea, that idea was based on preliminary data from the laboratory, not from what they were actually seeing in patients, and on a faulty understanding of you ready how the immune system works. A faulty understanding of how the immune system works. Yeah, these are the researchers. Now, about a year and a half later, better data is painting a more optimistic picture about immunity after a COVID-19 infection. In fact, symptomatic infection triggers a remarkable immune response in the general population, likely offering protection against severe disease and death for a few years at least. And this was reported, you ready for this? This this is on a very liberal science base. This was coming from NPR. Wow. And they don't usually, you know, they're usually the, the ones out there, like the world's falling apart, you're dying, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, hide in your house as long as you can. Yeah, so this, this just goes to show they don't understand how an immune system works. They study immunity, right. but they study artificial immunity. They study right. vaccines. They don't study immunity. They are not the experts on immunity. Right. <laughs> we are as, the experts on immunity. Evidence. Not just we, like chiropractors, nutritionists. People who study natural health are the experts on natural immune responses. Right. They're, the, they're the experts on artificial immune responses, which are never, ever, ever, ever better than naturally acquired immunity, ever. Right. It's never been proven to be better. It's always proven to be worse. And what, one of our jobs, one of our goals here is to help you become an expert in your own immunity. To, for help to give you the tools so that you can recognize the things that you need when you start expressing symptoms of health, when you run into a virus or a bacteria and your body does the appropriate thing, we want to help give you those tools so that you know what the response should be. Yeah, absolutely. And you're we not living in fear. Empower you. Exactly. A hundred percent. So... Most common thing that we hear from patients, um, especially that have children, is what do I do then? What do I do when my child's experiencing symptoms? What do I do when they have a fever? What do I do, you know, with this type of stuff? So, you know, we got to go through some science. Like what you don't do is you don't run out and get a flu shot. This is uh, Silence, Science Daily. This is back in 2009. This was done through the Mayo Clinic. Study of 263 children, six months to 18 years. Children who got the flu vaccine had three times risk of hospitalization for the flu. So don't do that. Right. Don't run out and do that. Long-term consequences of flu shots, um, increased risk of influenza. Wait a minute. Increased risk of influenza amongst them. Wow. Why? Because it weakened the immune system. So the reality is that we're never going to just have a... Uh, magic pill or an injection that you poke yourself with or whatever that is going to take care of all this. What else don't you do? Antibiotic therapy, New England Journal of Medicine, 1997. Antibiotic therapy is not an effective treatment against ear infections and rates of recurrent ear infections. Rates are significantly higher, seven to 10 times more in children who've been treated with antibiotics. So my kid has an ear infection, Dr. Ryan, what do I do? The, the pediatrician said we should put him on antibiotics. Well, the literature says that that's out of the New England Journal of Medicine. 
says that's not accurate. That actually kids have significantly higher recurrent ear infections when they're on antibiotics. Why? Because it may solve the first problem with the first ear infection, but you didn't solve the problem of why they got infected. Right. And now you destroyed all the good bacteria in the gut, which makes up the immune system. So they're more susceptible in the future. So I think you brought up an interesting point there, the good bacteria in the gut. So the, the, the idea that we live with viruses and bacteria every single day is a huge thing. It's a huge concept. And philosophically speaking, when you look at how you manage your health, you have to decide, am I going to continually fight and say, I'm going to take this potion, this pill, this elixir, this vaccine, whatever is coming next on the pipeline that you're going to be sold. Am I going to continually try to outsmart, outwit, outfunction, um, just run from or bunker down and just fire bullets at? Or am I going to learn how the body works? Am I going to try to work within those systems? Yeah. Again, going back to being a good steward of your immune system, I would say number one, like you should have a basic understanding of how your body works. Um, there was a physical therapist when we used to do CrossFit, um, you know, in our gym, there was a physical therapist that I used to follow. He's kind of well known in the CrossFit community all over the country. And he would say that every human being is responsible for having a basic understanding of how to rehab you know, injuries. Right. And if you don't, then you're going to end up going through surgery and or having to pay someone lots of money to rehab your own injuries. But if right. you knew how to do it on a minor level ahead of time, and I would argue the same thing's true about your immune system. Every human being should have a basic understanding of how their immune systems work and how to work with their body. And right. if you don't, then you're going to end up in bad shape. You're going right. to end up in the hospital with COVID and, and wondering if you're going to make it. Right. Or you're going to end up just paying someone a lot more money to tell you exactly what to do. Right. So, you know, you're, you're listening right now. You're like, I don't have that understanding. Well, it's time to start. It's right. time to start. Right. Um, here's one. I remember reading this. You gave me this research um, a few years back. And this was one piece that really gave me... Um, a settling and when I, you know, it's very scary when your kids get fever. Sometimes it can be, you, you, you can, you can kind of freak out and you can say, ah, I feel, I feel like I should be doing something. I feel like I should be doing something when sometimes just having patience and waiting is the best thing that you can do. Right. And, um, you gave me this out of the journal of cancer research and clinical oncology that the flu actually protects against cancer. Yep. So scientists discovered that those with a history of colds and flu had less breast cancer, colon, rectal, stomach, and ovarian cancer. That in another study, subjects who reported a history of colds, flu, and other infections diseases had a 30% reduction in risk of a brain tumor. That natural health care providers, we, they, we have traditionally warned against suppressing these symptoms of colds and flu because that's how your body heals, detoxifies, and cleanses, which is also protective of cancer. What a novel concept that like you go into the gym and if you lift weights, then chances are you'll be able to lift bigger weights in the future. <laughs> right. Basically what this research is saying is if you lift the proverbial weights of fighting off things that are, you know, developing your immune system, that your immune system's stronger in the future and will award you the ability to fight off bigger things like cancer. Like that's not that complicated of a concept. No. How these researchers, like it literally takes them 
decades. And then they're like, well, the data surprised us. And well, how does that <laughs> a surprise to you? Right. Then you right. obviously don't have a clue on how the body works. Right. And that's the most frustrating thing to me because these aren't dumb people. No. These are intelligent people who are starting with the wrong premise. Right. They're starting with the premise that our body's just this like glob of cells that's unintelligent and doesn't know what it's doing. No, it was designed by the most intelligent being in in the universe and time and everything <laughs> literally right. like god created your body right if you start with that if you start with the idea that your body's wildly intelligent right and always body, fighting on your behalf and your body knows everything it needs to know to do everything it'll ever come in contact with now that may sound like a bold statement but i promise you it's accurate right that your body doesn't need help. It needs not to be interfered with. Do we right. live forever? No, we don't live forever. Right. But you have all the tools within your systems right now to deal with all the different things that you're going to come up against on the face of planet Earth. Right. Now, <laughs> the more man gets involved, the more difficult it becomes because man is now making things that are stressing our bodies in ways that they weren't necessarily intended to. But I still believe our bodies know how to adapt better than than what man's going to come up with. Right. And I think sometimes like like one of the scary things to me is when I look and I, I look in these classrooms and I look in preschool and elementary schools and even, you know, high schools and beyond where this just the over sanitization of everything and, and the, the idea that all these parents are like, we got to keep our kids from getting sick. We got to we got to stay away from this. We got nobody can get sick. Nobody can do it. And, and when I look at the research, and I'm like, wait a second, guys we're missing the opportunity. Like we're missing the building, the small muscular, the, even the large Yeah, these kids are not- of, Right, yes. They're not, not developing, developing their immunity, but they're also now being exposed to all the toxins in those sanitizers that are pretty terrible. It would be right, the, which is it, a double-edged sword. It would sword. be the equivalent of like, hey guys, we got to make sure injuries stop at gyms. So we're going to go in the gyms and remove all the weights. <laughs> right. We're going to remove all the weights and, and now you won't have anything to do with the gym when you're at the gym. So uh, we're going to, putting couches and pizza. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the complete opposite. Right. It's the complete opposite. Like right. we're going to remove all the germs. A, first of all, that's a lofty idea. Like there's more germs on this planet than there are human beings. The by idea that we could eradicate, exactly. Eradicate viruses. Eradicate a virus. Like from, we, we got rid right. of polio. No, we didn't get rid of polio. Polio is still around. It's still around everywhere. We developed immunity to polio. And right. we, we did not develop immunity to polio because of a polio shot. That's nonsense. Right. It's nonsense. Polio, if you study this, polio was already on the decline way before the polio shot ever came out. In fact, the only known cause of polio now in the United States is from the oral polio vaccine. Right. And exactly. No, you're exactly right. And so here, here's what we, when you look at it and I know I took it a little bit negative, it's a little bit like it, I get a little overwhelmed and I get a little scared by just looking at, you know, what we're doing and how we're managing it right now. But we see, we're seeing the pockets of people who are, who are like enough is enough. Like none of this feels right. None of this seems right. All of this is counterintuitive to how, like, like I am, I'm getting more sick I'm, I'm getting worse. I've sat in my house for two years. I've worn a mask for two years. None of this is helping. I've taken all the vaccines. I've taken all the shots. I've done all those things. None of this feels like it's working and it feels counterintuitive. And we're starting to see this moment, monumentous shift. Yeah. No, I think it's okay to go to that negative space for a minute because people, people are freaked out and they are in that place and they are thinking like, we should just sanitize and we should do this right. and we should get shots. And we, you know, listen, it wasn't, it wasn't COVID 10 years ago. It was, um, you know, I mean, even not 10 years ago, right before this, like remember two years ago, the flu, everyone was running out and getting, uh, whatever the, whatever the, is it Tamiflu, not Tam, whatever the, know. what's the flu 
thing, the treatment. Anyway, people are running out and getting whatever the treatment is for flu. They're, you know, they're going out and taking, um, you know, these, these drugs, like you guys have heard of some of them, uh, like, uh, Robitussin and cough medicine and, uh, Benadryl and Vicks 44 and NyQuil and some of these things. I'm reading off a list now because I couldn't remember all those. <laughs> but they contain a chemical called phenylpropylalanine. So phenylpropylalanine now, they, these things come with like these box warnings where you can't go and buy this unless you show ID because they cause strokes and seizures and brain bleeds and, and all kinds of dangerous stuff. The research on them, um, this is out of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Lenox Hill. Uh, the director of medical education there said these medicines do more harm than good. Did you hear that? Wow. They do more harm than good. The ingredients in children's cough and cold medications, here's her words, do not help. Oh, wow. They are not effective, especially the decongestant part of it, because the children's anatomy is different. The margin of risk is way too high. The AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, over-the-counter cough and cold medications, they said should not be ever given to children younger than two years because of the risk of life threatening side effects. So there's a, so the Bible talks about there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of it is death. There's a way that seems right. And all that saying is like when you're sick, like it seems right to want to get rid of the symptoms. There's a way that seems right. Like I want to get rid of the symptoms. I want my kid to feel better. Of course you do. But the end of that is death. If you try to get into the symptom management game, what you have to do is get in the health support remove interference game. Right, right. So, you know, going back to uh, the research we were talking about on fevers, we said we'd get to. Fevers actually fight viruses and bacteria, just so you guys know. A fever of 104 is completely normal, and diseases are actually shortened by letting that fever run its course. The research on this, this is Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, Dr. William Greeno. He said, sniffle, sneezes, and fever are good for you. They clear your harm or your airway of harmful irritants and allergen causing substances. Coughing rids the body of bacteria, viruses uh, and viruses by way of the lungs. And if you take fever reducing drugs or cough suppressants, this can add to pneumonia or other more serious respiratory infections. Wait a minute. He said a fever of 104 is good for you. Wow. We got pa- parents calling us all the time. Like, wait a minute, Johnny's got a fever of 102. What do I do? Right. What do I do? And they're freaked out because what their doctors and the drug ads and everything They've told them, but here's the thing. Fever of 104 is completely normal, completely normal, completely normal for extended periods of time. Right. You can have a fever of 104 for hours and hours and hours, day or two, completely normal. Right. Should you reduce it? The answer is no, you should not because the fever is actually what's killing the virus or the bacteria. Right. Back to, uh, that viruses cannot live in temperatures above 103. They cannot. Right. Our body will kill off viruses as long as it keeps that fever up above 103. You ever notice when it gets up to 103, 104, typically the fever will break and then it'll yes. come back and then it'll break and then it'll come back because your body's protecting itself. Right. It's running a high enough temperature to kill a virus for a long enough period and then it breaks. You sweat. You go into a, a, a period of... I'm getting some relief from it. And then the fever goes back up. Right. What do we do? You let the body do what it's knowing to do because it actually knows better than you do. Right. It's, right. it's been around at least for 6,000 years, if not for longer than that, the human body. And God designed it intelligently. Now, bacteria is killed at 102. So a lot of times what you'll see is a fever of 101, 102, 
103, that'll stick around maybe a little bit higher. It's not until it hits 103, 104 that it starts, you get in those, you know, where it breaks and goes back up and breaks and goes back up. Right. So you can have a sustained fever of 102 because you're killing bacteria. Right. 102 is where bacteria is killed and 103 is where viruses are killed. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dr. Ryan. I've heard that fevers can be dangerous. Fevers are not dangerous ever. High temperatures above 105 can be dangerous to the brain. But that doesn't happen in a fever unless one of a couple of things is happening. Right. You have a head injury. So in that instance, I wouldn't say the fever is dangerous. I would say the head injury is. Right. 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 Like your kid's having a fever and then also had a head injury. And now the body can't regulate its temperature because well, the temperature is regulated in the top of the brainstem area. Your brain and brainstem are what are regulating the temperature. So if you have damaged the brain's ability to regulate temperature, that could be dangerous. Right. Number two, what if you've chemically damaged the body's ability to regulate temperature? That could be dangerous. That's called Tylenol. Yes. So, re or any fever reducer. So, if you've chemically altered the body's ability to reduce a fever on its own, then what happens is the body is trying to drive up the temperature. You're taking a substance that is not allowing it to. So the body's fighting back against this unknown, you know, entity and it's driving this temperature up, 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 up. It's being suppressed. And then that chemical wears off and gets um, filtered through your liver and out of your bloodstream. And then all of a sudden that temperature shoots up like crazy. That's not a dangerous fever. That's a dangerous chemical that you put in your body. Right. And I think you've given me a beautiful example of this. If you just hold your hand in the air, just put your hand up in the air and then with your other hand, make a fist and punch at the bottom of that hand, just as hard as you can. And that hand, the, the, the hand that you're holding in the air blocks that punch. So you can't do anything. Now keep punching and then just take that hand away. Yep. Keep punching, take the hand away, and your hand just shoots up in the air. Yep, and that's essentially what's happening to that temperature. It's, right. it's breaking through that chemical barrier once that chemical barrier gets weak enough to not be able to drive down that temperature anymore. Right. That being said, there's a third thing that can interfere, and that's true physical interference in the form of subluxation. And so this is why when kids do have a fever, we adjust them and make sure that their spine is moving well and there's no interference on their nervous system because – the nervous system is what regulates temperature and it in the area that regulates temperature is in your brainstem right up next to right up near the first two vertebra in the neck. So we, when parents come in, they're like, Johnny's having a fever. He needs to get adjusted. Our goal is to educate them say like, Hey, we're not giving him a fever adjustment. Yes. We're not giving him a fever adjustment. We're yes. not giving uh, Julie an ear infection adjustment. Yes. We're not giving Jimmy <laughs> a runny nose adjustment. Right. We're adjusting the segments of the spine to get them moving, to get tension and pressure off the nervous system so that there's no interference to the way that the body wants to operate when it's having this immune response. Sometimes the fever goes down. Sometimes it shoots up temporarily and then goes down. But it, the body begins to regulate itself more efficiently when there's no interference in the way. Right. And so that's that's the idea of chiropractic. Parents aren't running into chiropractor's offices by the droves, hundreds in our office, right. when their kids aren't feeling well. Like to, after Christmas, when people ate all this sugar and they skipped right. their adjustments and they were staying up too late. Yeah, they all got COVID symptoms and then there or other symptoms. And they were coming in, you know, after they had gotten sick and like they're wanting to get adjusted because they, they like don't feel good. 
And the whole point of this is we're not adjusting patients for their symptoms. We're adjusting patients to keep their body free of interference so that they have healthy immune responses. Yep. You know, we talked about this before. We're not ordering off the super value menu of <laughs> symptom adjustments. Like, Which hey, I, I got love. A, I got a runny nose, a cough, and a headache. I'll take a number three on the symptom super value adjustment menu. Right. And honestly, if you had to make a list of all of the symptoms that normalized of the, pa- of the patients in our office, it would be miles long. It would be a book. You couldn't even flip through. It would be bigger than a cheesecake factory menu. That's how long and big it would be if you had to go through that list and order what kind of adjustment you want. There's not, we are not treating symptoms. We're not treating anything. Patients are coming in, they're getting adjusted and they're getting well because their body is doing the work. There's an innate power inside of you. The greatest doctor in the world is inside of you. And when we like, when we change their nutrition or anything like that, or give them supplements, we're not doing that to treat anything. We're saying, Hey, your body functions better in the absence of sugar. So let's yes. not eat any sugar right now. It's not like um, sugar, uh, decreased sugar boosts your immune system. No, sugar suppresses your immune system. So it's a good idea not to eat it right now. Vitamin D. We're not telling them to take vitamin D because it magically makes their immune system stronger. No, your immune system requires adequate amounts of vitamin D to be healthy. So if you're deficient, which most people are, you know, when you're sick, it's more important to make sure you have adequate levels. It's always important to make sure you have vitamin C, D, zinc in your system. But our nutrition a lot of times doesn't include enough. So when people are sick, it becomes more important to support that. So, you know, I I think our biggest goal today was just so you guys, you know, like symptoms are never fun, but they're always your body doing the right thing at the right time. If you learn how to work with your symptoms and they become indicators on how to help your body heal better versus trying to fight back symptoms, remember, you're not sick. You're having a great immune response. Yes. Yes, you are. And thank God for the great immune responses. So that's it for this week. And we look forward to being with you guys next week. This is Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.